fantasies of this kind, uh, and therefore is willing to support military force in self-defense. And if you believe those things, it really is self-defense. So that's uh, it's a, kind of like a textbook example of aggression uh, with the purpose of uh, extending the scope of further aggression. So once the easy case is handled, uh, you can uh, move on to think of harder cases. Now, those are the main reasons why so much of the world is overwhelmingly opposed to the war. I mean, it's not just the attack on Iraq. Many people at least perceive it uh, correctly as uh, exactly the way it's intended, uh, as a uh, firm statement that uh, you had better watch out, we are on the way. Uh, that's why the United States is, is now regarded as the greatest threat to peace in the world by large number of people, probably the vast majority of the population of the world. So uh, George Bush has succeeded in, within a year in converting the United States to uh, a country that is greatly feared, uh, disliked, and even hated. At the uh, World Social Forum in uh, Porto Alegre in, in late January, you described Bush and the people around him as, quote, radical nationalists engaging in, quote, imperial violence. Is this regime in D.C. substantially different from previous ones? Well, you know, it is useful to have some historical perspective. So uh, let's go to the opposite end of the political spectrum, uh, the Kennedy liberals, about as far as you can get. Okay. In 1963, they announced a doctrine which is not very different from Bush's National Strategy, a Security Strategy Report. Here it is, and the timing is critical. This was in uh, 1963. Uh, Dean Acheson, a respected elder statesman, uh, senior advisor to the Kennedy administration, uh, delivered a uh, lecture to the American Society for International Law in which he stated, he instructed them, that, in his words, no legal challenge arises in the case of a U.S. response to a challenge to its position, prestige, uh, or authority. Now, what was he referring to? Well, he was referring to uh, the U.S. terrorist war and uh, economic warfare against Cuba. And the timing is quite significant. This was shortly after the missile crisis, which virtually drove the world to the edge of nuclear war. And that was largely a result of a major campaign of international terrorism aimed at uh, what's now called regime change, a major factor that led to the missiles being sent uh, close to nuclear war. Uh, right afterwards, the Internet Kennedy stepped up the international terrorist campaign, and Atchison uh, informed the Society for International Law that... Uh, uh, we have the right of preventive war to against a mere challenge to our position and prestige, you know, not even a threat to existence. Uh, his wording, in fact, was even more extreme than the uh, uh, Bush doctrine last September. On the other hand, to put it in perspective, uh, that was a proclamation by Dean Atchison. It wasn't an official uh, statement of policy. And it's not the first or the last, but this one last September is nevertheless unusual in its brazenness, and in the fact that it is a formal statement of policy, not just statements by high officials. A slogan that you no doubt and we've all heard at peace rallies is, no blood 
for oil. And uh, the whole issue of oil is often referred to as the, the driving force behind the U.S. attack and occupation of Iraq. How central is oil to U.S. strategy? Well, it's undoubtedly central. I don't think any sane person doubts that the Gulf region is the main energy-producing region in the world. It has been uh, since the Second World War. It's expected to be at least for another generation. It's a huge source of uh, strategic power of material wealth. And Iraq is absolutely central to it. It's the second largest oil reserve, very easily accessible, cheap. To control Iraq is to be in a very strong position to determine the price and production levels, not too high, not too low, to probably undermine OPEC and to swing your weight around throughout the world. I mean, that's been true since the Second World War. It has nothing particular to do with access to the oil in the U.S. doesn't really intend to access it, but it does have to do with the control. So that's in the background. If Iraq was somewhere in um, you know, Central Africa, uh, it wouldn't have been chosen for this test case. The, uh, so that's certainly there in the background, just as it's there in less crucial regions like Central Asia. However, it doesn't account for the specific timing of the operation, because that's a constant uh, concern. You've often cited that uh, 1945 State Department document on Middle East oil calling it, quote, a stupendous source of strategic power and one of the greatest material prizes in world history, unquote. Uh, the U.S. Uh, does import quite a bit of its oil, 15% from Venezuela. It also imports oil from Colombia and Nigeria. All three of those states are perhaps from Washington's perspective, somewhat problematic right now with Hugo Chavez in control in Venezuela and serious internal conflicts, uh, literally civil war in Colombia and uprisings in Nigeria, threatening oil supplies there. I mean, what do you think about all of those factors? Well, yes, that's very pertinent. And those are the regions where the U.S. actually intends to have access. The Middle East, it wants to control. But uh, at least according to intelligence projections, the U.S. intends to rely on what they regard as more stable Atlantic Basin resources. Atlantic Basin means West Africa and the Western Hemisphere, which are more you know, totally under U.S. control than the Middle East, which is sort of a difficult region. So for the projections are control the Middle East, but access the West Basin, including the countries you mentioned. It does therefore follow that lack of uh, conformity, you know, disruption of one kind or another in those areas is a, seen as a significant threat, and uh, it's a good possibility that, I mean, there is very likely to be another episode like Iraq once, if this one uh, works the way the civilian planners at the Pentagon hope, if it's an easy victory, uh, no fighting, uh, establish a new regime, which you'll call democratic, and, you know, not too much catastrophe and so on. If it works like that, they're going to be emboldened onto the next step. And the next step could, you can think of several possibilities. One of them, indeed, is the Andean region. The U.S. has military bases all around it now. These, uh, there are military forces right in there. So Colombia and uh, Venezuela are both, especially Venezuela, are substantial uh, oil producers. And the same, there's more elsewhere, like uh, Ecuador and even Brazil. Another possibility is Iran. Indeed, Iran. Uh, 
the U.S. administration was ad advised by none other than that man of peace, Ariel Sharon, uh, to go after Iran the day after they finish with Iraq. Well, what about Iran, a designated access of evil state and also a country that has a lot of oil? Well, as far as Israel is concerned, Iraq has never been much of an issue, considered a kind of pushover. But Iran is a different story. Iran is a much more serious military and economic force, and for years Israel has been pressing the United States to take on Iran. Uh, Iran is too big for Israel to attack, so they want the big boy to do it. Uh, and it's quite likely that that war may already be underway. A year ago, over 10% of the Israeli Air Force was reported to be uh, permanently based in eastern Turkey, that is, in these uh, huge U.S. military bases in eastern Turkey and are reported to be flying reconnaissance over the Iranian border. In addition, there are reports, you know, credible reports, it's hard to get the details, uh, that there are efforts, the U.S. and uh, Turkey and Israel are uh, attempting to stir up uh, Azeri uh, nationalist forces in northern Iran to move towards a kind of a linkage of uh, parts of Iran and Azerbaijan as one of their you know, kind of an axis of uh, U.S.-Turkish-Israeli power in the region, opposed to Iran and ultimately perhaps uh, leading to the uh, split up of Iran and maybe military attack, although there will be a military attack only if it's taken for granted that uh, Iran would be basically defenseless. I mean, they're not going to invade anyone who can fight back. Well, with U.S. military forces in Afghanistan and in Iraq, as well as uh, bases in Turkey, Iran is literally surrounded now uh, right. by, by U.S. All through Central Asia, too. And through Central Asia and, and the north might not...